everyone, to the DC Beer Show. I'm coming at you live from my dining room, and we're at DC Beer across social media. But we've got both Brandy and Richard posted up at Denizen's Silver Spring. Brandy and Richard, what are in your respective glasses this evening? Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, Richard and B coming at you live from Denizen's Silver Spring. Um, we decided to last minute... Uh, hit up Denizens um, just to say farewell to Richard before he goes out of town, but um, to celebrate the winners at battle. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But in my glass is the Roush beer. What's in your glass, Richard? The Roush beer. <gasps> Twinsies, <laughs> as it's, one should for this it's weather. very good. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> night for it because the cool weather has just arrived today. Yeah, it was going to be colder tomorrow. Yeah, we're yeah. recording this about a week before it comes out. So this is the first, this is the day the cold front. Those of you who were listening to it last week when the cold front came in, that's what night it is. And we're drinking Ralph beer at Denizen's. And the downstairs, it ha- we have it all to ourselves. It's kind of sexy. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, like, like there should be a cool Halloween party yeah. down here. And there could be in about a month. Who knows? That's true. Uh, Jake, what are you sipping on? Are you sipping? I am sipping, and in honor of um, the cold front coming through, I have made the switch from summer to fall beers. I have here Manor Hills Mild Mannered Amber Ale. Amber nice. Ale. 5.3%, um, shows up, does its thing, doesn't get in anybody's way, just like a nice quality fall beer. It does its job, and then it, it goes home. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had an excellent time uh, this week, and I know that this is going to come out Next week, so the things the things that we'll t- that we previously talked about will already have happened. But I just want to give a massive, massive shout out to Boundary Stone for putting on, in my opinion, the best version of Battle of the Barrel Age that I've ever been to. It was from the moment you walked in to the moment you left. It was smooth running. Um, there was. Food flowing, really good food. That that chicken sandwich was life. Um, it was banging. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the beers were great, obviously. The the vibe, the crowd, everything was so great. Um, but I wanted to make sure that if you didn't attend, and if you if you haven't already heard the news, Denizens won the Battle of the Barrel Age. Mm-hmm. In their very Uh, first attempt. They have never been in the battle uh, before, and they won on their first year. And you know what? They won because they brought the most interesting, different beer. They they brought a a barreled sour, um, and it was crushable. And if, you know, you want to use that term because it was so low ABV, everybody was in awe of the beer, and it was such a great event. So... Cheers, denizens. Uh, go visit Boundary Stone because as part of their winning the championship, they um, their beer will be on tap for a whole year. Denizens at, has at, a tap yep. at Boundary Stone for a full year. A 4.1% barrel-aged sour won the Battle of the Barrel-Aged Beer. Cheers to them. Yeah, I also want to point out that beer is, I believe, like six years old. That's That's correct. 
So kudos. Go go visit Boundary Stone. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Uh, it is, yeah, it's still the only place that you can taste all of the Battle of the Barrel Age beers, although a couple are available for purchase. Uh, to go, both at Other Half and DC Brow, if pastry stouts are your thing. True. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to Jake, help. Jake, what's going on uh, on your front? On my front, I'm just looking at this upcoming weekend. So in addition to all the Oktoberfests, kind of dwindling down, we've got Atlas's ninth anniversary. And that's at the Ivy City location, Saturday, October 1st. Uh, it's going to start like at noon, 1 p.m. or so for VIP entry. Uh, it's going to get you two beers, plus their anniversary ale, brewed with honey, continuing a D.C. DMV area brewer's theme. Um, honey beers all the rage right now, which is great because I love drinking honey beers. So happy, happy. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think also on October 1st is um, Zinnia. Zinnia's Oktoberfest, um, located in Silver Spring. And if you haven't been to Zinnia, it's actually really cool. They they always have local beer on tap. I mean, it's usually like union brewing and denizens and stuff like that in Silver Branch. But um, the the garden, the the outdoor the area, garden, the beer yeah, garden is so beautiful. So I'm I'm actually I'm going. I'm I can't wait to see what they're gonna do. Um, so if, uh, if you're in the Silver Spring area, check out Zinnia's yeah, October Yeah, I gotta Fest. pitch Zinnia just a little bit, because Karen and I, my wife Karen and I, went there for dinner, uh, a few weeks ago, um, for a date night, and it used to be, if you're familiar with the Silver Spring area, it used to be Mrs. K's Toll House. So one of the great things about the location is there are essentially like three or, there are really four completely different dining areas. So there's like this downstairs basement tavern that's like carved out of the granite or whatever that's carved out of the stone then this beautiful beer garden um and then like sort of a more of an upscale dining room upstairs um but the food there was fantastic the beer choices were fantastic the cocktails were great so it's a good place to go word uh i'm jazzed about snally and that whole weekend because uh other half is putting on their yearly oyster wars uh, on this on that sunday the ninth. so you know i i Usually the the week that this week is, we usually drink a lot because there's always gatherings and going on goings on. But October that weekend of October eighth and ninth is gonna be nutso because we're all gonna be at Snally. If you're not at Snally, something's wrong with you or and I feel <laughs> sorry. Um, but we're all gonna be at Snally. Uh, and then we're going to put on our big girl and boy britches on or they, them britches and then go to Oyster Wars and eat oysters and get over our hangovers. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> can't wait for that. I yeah. can't wait for that. So my friend Simon told me that Red Bear Beer is the sole guest beer that's going to be available at the beer garden called Pumpkin Palooza in Noma. And I love Noma. I hang out in Noma all the time. Um, but if you go to this really great little beer garden, um, their Gord Riddens beer, which is an All Hallows lager, is going to be on tap at the their October Fest. And, you know, Red Bear always does drag and they'll have a bunch of Halloween fun October stuff. Um, but definitely go check out that beer garden and support you know, the local community and, uh, of course, Red Bear. 
Jake, what are you what are you jazzed about? I am jazzed about that. And uh, of course, if you don't go to Snally, there's no judgments here. Although maybe there are a little bit. Is there? I mean, a little bit. A little bit. It'll <laughs> okay. it'll be okay. There probably, <laughs> and obviously you should watch this space, dcbeer.com. Hint, hint, fancy new events calendar now up and running. Thanks to Tom at Proof Creative. Whoop, whoop, Tom. We're going to see some events pop up. Some could happen that Thursday or Friday before, including perhaps other half. Definitely at the NRG properties where you'll, you'll see some of those snally invited breweries come in and bring some out-of-market stuff. So watch out for Church Key, um, the Roost and Shelter down um, in Southeast, and of course in Georgetown. If you see something a little bit more Belgian mixed fermentation inspired, it'll be at the Sovereign. And so I think, yeah, those are three spaces to watch for the upcoming week. The weekend after that, though, and this brings us to our guest, uh, is Last Call speaking of -of out-of-market beers, at the Smithsonian's Museum of American History. I'm going to that. (gasps) And Brandy will be there. I bought my tickets like last weekend. And if I'm not camping, I will be there as well. I have no idea if I'll be there because work is killing me right now, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I hope you're there. But I'm I'm excited about it. Kim, uh, home brewer Kim told me about it and um and I bought tickets at while I was sitting at Atlas outside uh when Eric and Sarah were visiting. Um and uh she told me about this cool event at the Smithsonian last call and I bought tickets literally while I was sitting outside. It's, a, it's I've been before. I'm excited. It's a wonderful event. Yeah, I don't think we like we spend a lot of time shouting out like the Black Brew movement and Black Brewers. This one, um, last call, is called Salud uh, to La- American Latinos in Beer. And the focus is on Latino, Hispanic, Latinx owned and brewed beer. And everyone who's coming in is coming in from out of market. Um, Mujeres Brewhouse from San Diego. Uh, we've got a, a brewery from Chicago, Dykeman um, Beer Co. from New York. Um, Dead Beach from El Paso. It's going to be a cool, cool time. Again, everything here is going to be out of market. And on that note, we've got Dr. Teresa McCullough, the curator of the American Brewing History Initiative at the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History, interviewed by our own Mike Stein, who just a couple weeks ago happened to pick hops with her at the Smithsonian Gardens. Aspiring homebrewers take note, there may be some Mount Hood hops on the vines still at the uh, Smithsonian Gardens. Go over there, you know, smell them, take a look, palm a couple, maybe pocket a few for a fresh hot beer, and we'll see you after the interview. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, I have a very exciting interview that we're bringing you uh, today. Uh, colloquially, we are speaking with America's beer historian. Uh, Although specifically, I'm talking to Teresa McCullough, PhD. She is the curator of the American Brewing History Initiative uh, at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I always like being with you. Yeah. So you have uh, a whole host of things coming up, and we're going to get into uh, the very exciting live event um, that is is being put on that, that you've you've organized. But first, I have to congratulate you. Um, you are not only a James Beard Award winner, 
you are uh, a winner of the North American Guild of Beer Writers Awards uh, for the same piece. Congratulations. Well, thanks very much. But I'm glad to uh, congratulate DC Beer as well. So, uh, you know, you, you're an award winner as well. Uh, and I uh, appreciate all your awesome work that you guys do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, um, Teresa, tell us a little bit about the event. Uh, today is Friday, September 30th. Tell us about this event that's coming up at the museum. So I'm so excited. Two weeks from today, so Friday, October 14th, uh, will be our annual Brewing History Public Program, which we call Last Call. And this year, for the first time since 2019, we are going to be back in person at the museum, at the National Museum of American History. Uh, The last two years, we've been on Zoom, which has been uh, advantageous for you know, in in a few ways in terms of being able to welcome some people who couldn't make it to D.C., but I can't tell you how excited my colleagues and I are just to be back in the museum to really welcome people through the doors. Um, So this year, it's an awesome program. Uh, We're calling it Salud to American Latinos in Beer, and uh, we are hosting this year's uh, last call in collaboration with the new National Museum of the American Latino, which is one of the new Smithsonian museums that's been announced and their team is um, is gearing up to help us uh, host the event, promote the event, and we've got just a, a fabulous lineup planned for everybody. That's wonderful. We're, we're very excited to be back at the museum uh, for the in-person event. And so the theme, American Latinos in Beer, um, that's a unique theme, and you've, you've partnered with uh, the other museum as well. Who should we be expecting? I know there's some 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 well-known folks who are you know coming to DC from out of town. Who's coming from where, and what should we expect? Well, so we so we're hosting this event again um, in in celebration of the new museum, but also because uh, there's a new Molina Family Latino Gallery that's open uh, in the museum. It's kind of the um, the first preview exhibition of this new museum. So thinking of who we could invite to the museum to, um, to celebrate this theme, but also to give us a, a taste of um, Latino craft beer culture today, um, we have found four incredible brewers and one moderator. They're all coming from across the country from different spots. And there's a real um, interesting diversity of stories and of even generations within, um, within their, their business histories. So we've got um, from... The, the farthest west, Mujeres Brewhouse, is coming from San Diego, California. Our speaker is Carmen Favela. And this is really interesting. Carmen is, she's from San Diego. She's first-generation Mexican-American. Her family is from the Sinaloa and Sonora regions of Mexico. She started in real estate um, and then uh, became interested, uh, involved in Border X Brewing Company. But during the pandemic, she began um, a beer appreciation club for Latina women in San Diego. She saw uh, a need and an opportunity in that area. And it became so successful that she was actually able to start a brewery during the pandemic. So in 2020, she founded Mujeres Brewhouse. And her operation is so small that um, I, I had I worked with her to think about how to get her beer to D.C. for us to try the evening of October 14th. And so she is FedExing uh, four sixtals of beer, two beers, um, and right proper brewing company here is very kindly receiving the shipment. And I'll pick it up, drive it to the museum. But this is just, a, a, you know, a, an initial example of how special and how unusual the beers uh, will be that we'll get to try. And so... Um, she has shared the two beers with me that she's sending. The first one is called Ola Saladito. It's a gosa with orange. 
and she describes it as slightly sour, salty ale jam-packed with fresh oranges. And the idea here is to, to recreate a childhood favorite snack, which is a, the saladito, which is dried and salted plums or apricots, um, often coated with sugar or chili and lime, um, often added to a michelada in Mexico. So that's one of the beers we'll get to try. The other is called La Jefita. It's a Hefeweizen with, uh, with tamarind. And her tasting notes, she says it has intense banana and clove flavors with a lingering tamarindo finish, super drinkable, 6.6 ABV. So those are real special beers that she's going to be bringing. The other three brewers, we've got Casa Humilde Cerveceria coming from Chicago. Those are two brothers, Javier and Jose Lopez. They founded uh, their brewery in 2019 in their childhood home in the Hermosa neighborhood of Chicago. And um, they are going to be road tripping out here to D.C., bringing their beer with them. So, again, a real, um, you know, exciting trip for them. Um, third brewer is um, Gabriel Montoya coming from Dead Beach Brewery in El Paso, Texas. And um, Dead Beach is, uh, they run a, a Borderlands beer festival in El Paso. Um, their brewery is a, a bit older, it's founded in 2013. And they say that their, their brewery's inspiration comes from the red glow of the Franklin Mountains, the hardworking people of the Sun City in El Paso. So some of the kinds of beers that they brew, they, they draw on American and English and German styles, but um, things that they make include the Abuela Stout, an imperial chocolate stout brewed with Mexican chocolate, um, Toma, an American light lager, and so we'll see what they bring. Um, and then our, our fourth and final brewery is um, Dykeman Beer Company from New York, New York. Um, Juan Camilo, the founder, he was born in the Dominican Republic, came to the U.S. when he was five, had a career in finance, and then bought a home brewing kit, as many craft brewers uh, describe their start in beer. And, um, and so his brewery, he describes as being inspired by um, the, the cultures and people of New York City. And Dykeman Beer Company was the first Latino-owned brewery in New York City. So we will we will see what he brings. But we've got these four fantastic speakers um, who are going to be talking about the ingredients they use to brew, brewing for everyone, for Latino and Latina consumers, as well as uh, you know anyone who wants to come in their taproom doors. Um, and the person who will be moderating this conversation. Uh, her name is Liz Garibay. She's known to many beer fans, but she's the founder of the Chicago Bruseum and a public historian herself. So, uh, so it's going to be um, an awesome evening. Lots of things to learn. Now, it's incredibly exciting to have um, these four unique um, uh, and significantly contributing to American craft beer breweries in pouring at the museum. Uh, and then, yeah, the great care that's being taken. Uh, shout out to Right Proper for receiving the beer. We are lucky here in the District of Columbia to be able to do that. Um, so we are grateful for Right Proper. Uh, and then to have this spread, you've got Dykeman in New York, um, you know, uh, Casa Humilde in Chicago, and then Liz Garibay of the Chicago Bruseum uh, coming, you know, from the center of the country, and then uh, Texas. And farthest afield uh, in San Diego is uh, Mujeres. Uh, so it's just absolutely a great showing uh, sort of across right from east to west. Um, so tell me a little bit about, we've, we've got the theme, we've got um, some of the people uh, with the beer, but, but tell me a little bit about the personalities, the identities of these breweries. How did you come about choosing them? Was it sort of newsworthy, like, oh, Dykeman is the first in New York uh, 
state is it, how did you go about sort of handpicking um these breweries well like like with every year when we plan our last call program i did some research and reading and you know read interviews that these brewers had had done before and we always try to pick um a geographic diversity you know a good conversation often comes from breweries that are again of different kind of generational differences in terms of, you know, a couple of these breweries have been founded within the last few years. Two of them were founded in 2012, 2013. So they've really been, you know, in the industry for a good decade. And then, you know, they all have interesting approaches to to identifying as Latino breweries and, uh, you know, as Latino and Latina brewers. And so I think, you know, that identity is going to be, an, you know, a component of the conversation. But you know, I I also am really excited to hear them. Um, you know, talk about their careers as entrepreneurs, as brewers. You know, what makes them tick. You know, what what was you know what kind of got them into beer to start. And so, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great conversation. But also, you know, the advantage of being in the museum as opposed to uh, being on a screen. Um, we are excited, my colleagues and I, to uh, bring out our objects out of storage tables, which is a, a common feature of events when we host them in the museum. Artifacts that we've collected recently, we're going to put them on display, not behind glass, you know, out on a table with a curator behind the table. And uh, for this uh, for this feature, I plan to feature some some artifacts that I've collected just during the past year, with a couple years, which help preserve uh, stories of how breweries have uh, responded to the COVID nineteen pandemic, have participated in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, some other significant acquisitions that have come in in the last couple of years. Uh, and then there's also going to be uh, after hours access to a couple of ex exhibitions in the museum. So the Molina Gallery, where uh, National Museum of the American Latino Representatives will give guided tours. And then also the food exhibition where the in the Brewing a Revolution section, um, which opened in 2019, that's where you can see wonderful artifacts from Charlie Papazian and uh, Fritz Maytag and, and Ken Grossman and others. So there'll be a lot to do, a lot to see and a lot to taste. Yeah, we're super excited um, for that access to be able to see some of the galleries after hours. And knowing that Charlie Papazian Spoon is there is wonderful. Uh, but I recently saw online that that uh, Charlie Spoon is joined by this wonderful, beautiful dress of Celia Cruz. Uh, Celia Cruz's dress is, is, is that going to be available for viewing? Yes. You know, they're neighbors. <laughs> they're, oh. they're neighbors. Yeah. They're right yeah. on both of those are on the east side of the first floor. So yes, we've got the food exhibit and then right, right across the way is this new exhibit presente. And that's where Celia Cruz's dress is. And, uh, lots of wonderful other, um, artifacts that tell the very long history of, you know, diverse and varied Latino cultures in um, in the United States and even before we were a nation. So lots of awesome, yeah. awesome things to see. That's so cool. We're so excited for the event. Um, and, and I just have to say that, you know, it was of great interest to me that um, Liz Garibay, who is the director of the Chicago Museum, is going to be hosting the panel. We had done some conferences with her, uh, uh, public history conferences in the before times. Um, and this kind of thing was was uh, typical to show up, you know, somewhere and have our presenter and then have a beer afterwards or have a bite and, and get a beverage afterwards. But um, I should add that I'm very grateful um, to Atlas Brewing Company, uh, specifically to Sean P. there. I, for the listeners, uh, the brewers are getting into town hopefully the night before. And Sean P. over at Atlas brewed a historic beer, a Bach, that's uh, a recipe coming from 
the National Museum of American History Archives. So I'm super excited. Thank you, Atlas, who is turning nine, as it strikes me now. Uh, our friends from Texas have just 2013. Uh, uh, the uh, Montoya's uh, uh, Gabriel Montoya from uh, Dead Beach. Yeah. Dead Beach, exactly. So we're very excited uh, for these brewers to be in town and hopefully give them a warm welcome. But Teresa, I know you're a very busy woman. Uh, what other things have you been working on in your in your very busy schedule? So as you know well, we recently harvested the hops grown in the Victory Garden outside of the American History Museum. Uh, we harvested some Cascade and Nugget hops, and uh, Mike very kindly lent a hand, and uh, we found some local home brewers to, uh, to take the hops, uh, brew with them. So we're really excited to see the result of that. Um, and then otherwise, uh, writing, yeah, I've been, you know, I've, my uh, piece on Patsy Young, the fugitive brewer, has been, uh, you know, I've had just uh, kind of wonderful responses to that. Uh, just yesterday I heard from a historic house museum in North Carolina who they're interested in um, passing the article on to their interpreters to perhaps, uh, you know, make Patsy Young's story something that visitors can experience. So it's things like that that, um, you know, I, I never would have anticipated in writing about this early woman brewer. Um, you know, you don't know how, uh, how, her, how her story can be passed on, but it, it's having some really uh, awesome um, impacts, I think. Absolutely. It's amazing how much um, public history and beer history have grown side by side. Um, along with all of the movements, the Black Lives Matter movements, and just the movement within the beer industry in the last uh, couple of years. Um, so, Teresa, I know I learn about public history by following you. If folks want to follow you uh, that are listening now on the DC Beer Pod, how's the, how should they follow you? What's the best way? Well, Twitter is a great way. Um, so my handle is at Teresa, MCCU. So I try to tweet about my work and, um, you know, about some of the other exciting things happening at the museum and in the, um, the museum world. And then uh, the website of the American History Museum, americanhistory.si.edu. Uh, that's where you can find what else is going on at the museum, but also the, the link to tickets for our last call event. Um, and I do, if you don't mind, I would love to share our uh, family and friends discount code for Please. DC Beer listeners. Uh, so, um, so again, if you go to the American History website and uh, and look for uh, Food History Weekend, you'll find the link to ticket sales. Also, if you go to etix.com and search for Salud, S-A-L-U-D, um, you'll find the link to the event. Um, but so the, the discount code for family and friends, it's FF discount. That's one word. Uh, that'll get you $5 off of the $40 ticket price. So yeah, and then we would love to see many listeners at the museum um, Friday the 14th, 7 to 9 p.m. Doors will open around 6.40. So, you know, you'll be uh, busy with your tasting cart of eight beers to fill out. So, you know, if you if you have time to get there early, we'd welcome you. Uh, Dead Beach actually asked me if they could bring three beers rather than two. And I said, please be my guest. So, you know, you might have nine beers to try, not eight. Well, that's very exciting. Um, well, we're greatly looking forward to it. So, uh, folks, get your tickets. Uh, use the friends and family discount and save five bucks. And we'll see you in the museum in October. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Ter Teresa, thank you so much. Uh, folks out in D.C. Beerland, give Teresa a follow. Come see us in October. Thanks. Sweet. Cheers. Can't wait to see everybody at Snally. Come say hey to the D.C. Beer 
uh, crew, you, we you usually just yell out our names anyway. You're like, right. DC Bear! <laughs> and we're like, what's up? Um, but until then, if uh, you haven't checked out our new website, you should. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the, so I just, I know uh, Jake mentioned this earlier, but I just want to make sure everybody knows that the dcbeer.com website has been completely redesigned. There's a brand new events calendar that is amazing. If you happen to work at a bar or restaurant or other venue that does events, go to dcbeer.com, check out our events thing, and you know, click the link to be able to have access to submit your own events. We've got this great new submission system that works great. You can upload images and everything else about your events. Um, and if you're not one of those people, you can always find out what's going on in town by going and checking out the events at dcbeer.com. Yeah, that's true. Actually, a couple of my friends who work at breweries have already commented on how they enjoy the new calendar because there's so much more stuff added because the folks at the actual breweries are going and adding their own stuff without having this kind of middleman situation. Yep. Um, so it's just like, we're just the hub. We've always been the hub, but now we're like back being the hub hub That's of right, all people. the DC beer news. And it's, I'm proud. No, we I'm should proud. be. Tom it's should a, be proud. It's a community Everybody effort. We, we depend on the support Absolutely. of listeners and viewers like you. <laughs> and speaking of community, we'll see you at the all the beer places, drinking all the beer things. So give us all the cheers and hugs and all that jazz. And follow us on all the social. Instagram, me. That's you. Twitter, That's Jake. The Jake That's and me. Mike. Yeah. I'm not on social media because I'm scared of people. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> at DC Beer. Cheers. Cheers. You well, everybody. Please enjoy stout season. And pumpkin beer season is sponsored.